Listeners to another episode of Real Education, the, the musical. musical. I love our choices there. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined as always by you guys. Come on, <laughs> guys. Uh, Mike and Vinny, <laughs> and we are here to talk yet again. We're about... still in a different pattern, though. So doesn't it go the other way now? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's Vinny we... and Mike. What? <laughs> Wait, would that be reverse? T-U-V-W. Yeah, it would. Wendy, Vinny, Mike. I just noticed that we are, like, we are asynatical. I don't know what the word would be. Like, all of our all, our names are have assonance. Wendy and Vinny and Mike is least an I. It's got an I sound. You guys are just staring at me. It's so great. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Hi, I used to take Believe me, I've definitely never called, almost accidentally called one of you the wrong name because they are... I mean, we look so much alike, alike, right? We do. <laughs> but you get Wendy, Vinny, Wendy, yeah. Vinny, Wendy, Vinny, and then I'm like... Fuck I <laughs> have a luscious beard, as it does turn out. <laughs> I also walk a dog named Winnie, which makes it like one extra level of just being confusing. Um, okay. Also, my brain's terrible with names, as we've established. Your brain is terrible. Period. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I know I'm not. So tonight, we are going to watch a musical. We're going way back to the classics tonight. We are going to watch Broadway Melody of 1940. So, what do y'all know about this one? Because, duh, I've seen it and they haven't. Surprise. Um, I know that Fred Astaire's in it. Yes. Because we talked about how we have yet to do a Fred Astaire movie. Right. This is going to be our first Fred Astaire. That's what I know about it. Now, it's not your... You guys have seen other Fred Astaire's. Correct. I don't think I've ever actually seen a full Fred Astaire movie, but I've seen lots... Like, I've seen tons of... Like his dance routines and stuff like that on on YouTube or whatever, but I've never actually like. So you've never actually seen him perform a whole movie, right? Okay, that'll this will be fun then. Yeah, yeah I'm excited because I, I mean, obviously know I've seen a, him dance only, a shitload, and that's what we're gonna do, I presume. <laughs> but you you only know him as a dancer. You don't know yeah. him as an actor, as a true performer. What Correct. what he his whole screen persona was. Ah, this will be interesting. What what have you seen of his, Vinny? Uh, I mean, that's honestly more my. My recollection is, like, I know I've seen him dancing his ass off and plenty of things, but... It's true, he did not have much of an ass. Raspberries! <laughs> did he have butt pads, though? <laughs> I don't think he... To replace, to replace I, ass? <laughs> I don't... He definitely doesn't have dad ass. Um, but I don't think he had to go so far as poor Frank Sinatra and get butt pads. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I, I've seen, I've probably seen more just, like, clips and, like, bits and pieces than I have, like, any full feature. So, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, this is not one I've ever even heard of. Oh. Uh, you know, I mean, when you mentioned it, I was like, I mean, I know Fred Astaire, but I... Yeah, I mean, this is, so. I would say this is definitely next level um, musical geekery in terms of, like, you know, most people on the planet will have heard of Singing in the Rain and Oklahoma. I mean, and we, their high schools do all of the usual Rodgers and Hammerstein. Like, um, if you like musicals, this is next level geekery. It's not like getting like way down to the rabbit hole of like, what the, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Maybe you're obsessed. But um, this is definitely like a little bit outside 
the normal things that people... So this is definitely one to put a feather in your cap of like, I am now educated upon the Broadway melody of 1940. I can speak knowledgeably, knowledgeably about it. Hopefully, by the end. Maybe. <laughs> you will at least have opinions. You give us high praise. I'm, I we'll have opinions, for saying. sure. We'll have opinions. Do you think I'm going to have opinions? <laughs> all I'm it's saying not is, something I'm exactly known for. That's all film people need is opinions. I've yeah. decided. Like, plenty of those, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you know about it? No, I don't know shit. Yeah. No? Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Okay. I don't even know that you I mentioned it last week, and I just was. I stayed completely oblivious to it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Don't know any songs from it. I'm sure once they start, I'll probably be like, I know that or something. But um, you are gonna recognize the music. What's interesting is um, a little bit of a spoiler. Normally we'd talk after, but it's kind of a jukebox musical in its structure in that nothing was written for it. They just took songs that already existed. Oh, okay. Um, kind of like how Singing in the Rain was. Singing in the Rain. Yeah. 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 Um, it is Cole Porter music, though. Oh, nice. It's like 90% it's Cole Porter a real horny Cole Porter music again. <laughs> um, oh, well, Mom, please don't ever listen to this podcast because <laughs> the number of times I said horny, I do not want you to You get to take the penis out. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the My Na episode, all you talked about was how people wanted to bang and bone each other in that one song. He's not wrong, though. Like There is a whole song that's just like, well, we're going to fuck now. <laughs> to <laughs> be not fair, on, We're not on screen. <laughs> not never on screen. We're just, yeah. Anyway, but that's a different episode. All right, let us go watch our first Fred Astaire together. Ta-da! Broadway Melody of 1940. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's it doesn't a, sound like you were very excited about it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one because it's um it is wacky. <laughs> it is wacky. It, it's a very silly movie, but it's also very different from anything we've watched so far. Yes. Um it is one where it's like Songs pretty much have nothing to do with any. It's the whole thing is an excuse to have these musical numbers in it with this sort of plot going on behind. Like there's this whole mistaken identity plot and and all of this going on, but it's all really just a music to or a music a a reason to have um, the one guy that's not Fred Astaire out, George Morrow. 
George um, George Murphy. Murphy. You got I was fucking close. You were halfway there. I was very impressed. Uh, uh, to have George Murphy out with Eleanor Powell. Powell. Uh, to have have them out together and then to be able to switch that later, like that's kind of the whole reason that plot exists. Well, I mean, that is that is the construct of the Broadway melody. Is it's a backstage musical, so. Right. By the fact that we're doing a musical theatrical production, theatrical picture show, a theatrical production, we can do dance numbers that are in the show, air quotes, that have nothing to do with anything that's actually going on. So we just stop and have a dance number. It's it's a nice cheat for we want to have a plot and we want to have these numbers and at least the numbers aren't glaringly incongruous. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not just a straight review kind of thing, yeah. too. I mean, I like that, yeah, like the backdrop was the show that Claire is in, and I guess they gave it a name, but I feel like it had a different name every time, and like, even if they were trying to portray the sh- that show, kind like... Of like how the one guy had a different woman every yeah, time. Yeah, it was like the show <laughs> um, itself, the, like... The name of the show that they are opening, that King Shaw... Like, I've got my the, eyes on you, right? Uh, no, it's called Swing Song. Oh, which is why it opens with a ballet number. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> totally makes sense, yeah. It totally, I'm, I'm on board but for it. I like, yeah, what, what I was, my point was that, like, it wasn't a review, but the way that they did it, it was like, these are all, we're rehearsing these numbers for this show, but then the numbers they actually show you have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, I don't, I think the Broadway <laughs> okay. show they're doing is a review, it must but be, the movie, yeah. the movie's a movie, guys, right, with right. a real plot. That is a real plot happening. And, Stuff. I mean, part of part of a plot. <laughs> it's, it's, there are some plot elements that occur. Yeah. Like, um, have you seen a lot of like these late thirties, early forties style? I have not, no. Okay, this is very much the pacing and the tone of these particular types of films. In that they're they're very light, right? Because this is coming. This is in the depression, right before World War Two kicked off. Um, although nineteen forty. Like, it was happening, but, like, they're coming out of the Depression, so they're very much about entertaining and, and like, let's not think too hard. Right. Um, and so the comedy is broad. It's really funny, though. <laughs> it's, it, but it's it is. It's just so bizarre. Like, and it's snappy. It's actually so very much, snappy. Yeah. Wordplay in it, like... Banter. We call it, it banter. It was all really clever. I, I and then really, it was either really clever, like, wordplay, or just people making silly faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there was no middle ground. Really. I really loved the secretary. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, who, when, when King comes in, and he's like, I'm King Sean. She's like, why don't you abdicate? <laughs> <laughs> right? But also, you got to see Fred Astaire actually act. What did yeah. you, what were your thoughts on that? It was better than, I mean, he, I don't know what I expected, but he did, he, you know, he pulled it off. He pulled it off. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's hard. To, I don't know. It's hard to, to like to compare because I'm mostly just waiting for him to bust out into dance. You know, like that persona that you saw is pretty much the persona he always has. He's very charming and yeah. affable. Like, exactly. Yeah. He's very likable on yeah. stage, and he's very he's got a light touch even with the comedy that he can banter back and forth. And it works. He's like a real smartass to King, uh-huh. but like, it never comes across. Somehow, never comes across as him being mean yes. either, right? Like he's it, he's kind of being yeah, he's yeah. kind of being an asshole. Like he's not really being an asshole, but like he's kind of being a smartass to him, and you're still just like, 
oh, that's funny, and you're I, so yeah, sweet. Yeah, I feel like they played that that dynamic very well. Yeah. Like where it's their partners and they've they've become close and they've been and also together. Also, the king's like a real dickhead yeah. for a lot of the movies. So <laughs> yeah. like you can compare yeah. the two. And... Like, well, compared to him, you're golden. Yeah. Now, have either of you seen White Christmas? No. Oh, okay. It'll be interesting your reactions to him in that. Um, that's him with Bing Crosby. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I I actually really like Fred Astaire's screen presence. He this is pretty much what he does. Mm-hmm. BT dubs like he's always some version of this person, but he's just um, he's always got a smile on his face and and a twinkle in his eye. So he he can deliver the comedy. Um, and and like the banter back and forth, he's got good timing on it. When his smiles, like it's kind of infectious. Like it's it's sly. Like it's not like I don't know. Like I feel like he doesn't have like the face of like you know like Sinatra's smile is bigger, but like like Astaire's, I don't know. I just you, you kind of can't help but like you kind of can't help but smile also, back. He's kind of a weird looking guy. Yeah. Like, he's not conventionally attractive. At like, all. Let's be clear. Yeah, at yeah. all. You don't, have to, <laughs> you don't have to tiptoe but around that. He's yeah. also He's still, got sort of a sort of a bulbous head, like a gray really, alien-shaped head. Like yeah. a he's still brown. really cute. Yeah. But you're, like, you're like, no, I want to put you in my pocket. Because <laughs> he's got a really pointy chin, but it's kind of a, a little bit of a Yeah, weak, his face tapers. Like, really, really tapers. Big ears, balding. Yeah. Um... He, that's why I asked how old he was because he could have either been twenty or sixty <laughs> when they first showed him. I was like, I have no frame of reference for how old this person is. And I only knew off the top of my head because I looked it up, and he was born in eighteen ninety nine. Oh wow! Well, that makes that so math I could do simple. the math real easy on that one. <laughs> Apparently, he had banana hands. Yes, um, I was reading that, and I because I've watched him dance, of course, for years, and the Fred Astaire hand. Is kind of like Spider Man, like Spider Man <laughs> Thwip, or like you know Rock, like Rock um, Devil Horn, yeah. like Devil Horns only with the thumb out. But when he dances, it, it's not hard curved in. When he dances, he tends to curve in those two middle fingers, while the pointer and the pinky are kind of more out. And he's got very you know lovely soft elbows and wrists, but those. Those two middle fingers, he kind of holds together and curves them a little bit. And I've noticed it, and I just think it's a lovely, elegant line. Well, he was doing it because he is—he was conscious of that he had big hands, so he would curve those in to make his hands look smaller. And I was like, wow, I had... That's a... What that says about his attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, I would never, I mean, you said that, and then I started watching his hands, and like, yeah, I mean, they they look massive in comparison to the rest of him, but I would never have even noticed. Yeah, but you know? I, like, you probably would have noticed if they were all, like, pointing That's out, true. like, Jesus, his hands just, what are they, <laughs> like, axe blades just flying around. So, the Broadway melody, we should do a quote-unquote plot review. Yeah, I mean, um, that should be pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, King Shaw, who is played by George Murphy, and Johnny Brett, who is played by Fred Astaire, are buddies and dance partners, and they work at this ballroom. As taxi dancers. Basically, yeah. They, I love that term. <laughs> right? You pay for a dance. Yeah. Take me, take me for a spin around the floor. They're also, like, this is what I love about this. They're supposed to be broke. They have so many suits. 
Well, but like, King's like, not paying nice. for him. It's like, well, and this is a major plot point is that King has this tuxedo that he needs for the dance routine that he hasn't paid for, and he's being chased by bill collectors. Right. And so... Was it Star Collection? Some, I forget. Star the, Collection. Deadbeats and... Deadbeats and skip artists. Are, are specialty. Yeah. Like, that's a card. So Johnny comes in to the, the ballroom and the... More, more terminology to add to our... Yeah. Deadbeats. Flim Flammery and... And Flim Flammery Two-bit thimble riggers. He's just a bang-beat, bell-ringing, big hall, great, go neck or nothing rip roar and every time a bullseye salesman. Two-bit thimble riggers who skip... Who are skip artists send the star collection after him. Um, So Johnny comes into work and, like, the manager of the place is like, by the way, somebody was looking for your friend. They want to repossess his suit. (laughs) Because that's a fair thing. Like you do. Which is... Amazing. Like, so good. Like, I was kind of picturing, like, you know how they put wheel locks on a car? <laughs> like, <laughs> they, like, boot his, his, they boot suit. his suit. <laughs> they boot his suit. Um, it would just be, like, a wheel lock, but for, like, the buttons or something? Yeah. And, um, and so, and, you know, and then uh, King shows up. They do they do the a really great number, by the way, which we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And... And then um, who should happen to see their number and be so impressed is one of the huge, big producers on Broadway, um, Mr. It doesn't matter, Chase or Weathers, whichever. But it's played by Frank Morgan, the Wizard of Oz. So the Wizard of Oz comes in to see them dance and is like, oh, my God, this is the next big star. It's going to be great. And so he goes and he says, who's that young man? He very specifically liked the way Johnny, Fred Astaire, danced. And Johnny comes out, but thinking it's a bill collector, he tells him his name is King Shaw. He's like, young man, who are you? Like, well, I'm King Shaw. Okay, well, I'm going to be back in touch because i got to go do a thing and hit on a girl. And Got to give this cape to a girl. Yeah, and if you're wondering, like, what the hell? What what kind of ploy was that? It kind of does make sense. He explains it. If he was going to serve you a summons, he would have served it to the wrong person, and that's not legal. Oh. I mean, I don't know enough to refute that, so Yeah, sure. I'm like, sounds like street legal eagles yeah. shit to me, but if that's that like, was That's like plan. if the cop is undercover and you ask him, they have to tell you. <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. Like, right? I don't know if it's true or not. I hope not. That would be some shitty undercovering. <laughs> Are you undercover? I mean, of course, that's well, right? shit, I just mean, now I have like to tell you. On right. par with that. It's like, yeah. well, if you served it to the wrong person, then it's not... Oh. Uh. We certainly can't get another one of these to serve to the correct <laughs> right, person. Exactly. Well, we know you're not him. Right. Um, so, and then the dude calls the next morning after Johnny's left, and he's like, I need King Shaw to come audition. So King comes down. The dude who actually saw him is running away from girls because of the subplot of he likes to hit on young, pretty young things, but apparently not do anything with them, just... He just likes to have them wear that cape. Like, and, like, take them out not, and be with but him. But not pet it. Right. Because you can wear it, but don't touch it. Out. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that subplot in a second. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> so King gets an audition, and Johnny coaches him because Johnny is the better dancer, and he gets the job, so he's going to be a big Broadway star, and Johnny goes along with him to coach him and sort of refine the numbers, and everything's going great. Then it goes to King's head. King thinks Claire Eleanor Powell is in love with him, but she's not. And then King goes out and gets drunk, and which gives the opportunity for Claire and Johnny to go out and have lunch, and they fall in love. And then King becomes an asshole, and he gets drunk on opening night, and Johnny has to go on for him. And he steals the show in the incognito. Zorro suit. 
Zorro slash Harlequin suit. Yeah. yeah. Like the Joker Zorro yeah. or something. <laughs> um, and he does the first number, and then King wakes up, does the rest of the show, and he gets a big head about it. He's like, ah, man, fights with Johnny some more, and Claire comes the next day and is like, you're a fucking asshole. You don't fucking deserve shit. Johnny's the man, and you're just, you're dick toast. That's what you <laughs> <do>. <laughs> um, yep. And so then... It's a real word they used in the movie. <laughs> she called him dick toast. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, because it was like the 40s. Yeah, you wouldn't think they'd use that. Out of place. <laughs> a little anachronistic, but... <laughs> and then um, Shaw shows up drunk for the second performance, and they're just like, fuck, we need Johnny! And so... Johnny goes on and does great. And then as they come off stage, there's King Shaw like, haha, I was only fooling because... Gotcha! Because Johnny deserves his role and I don't. Well, come on out and dance with us, King! And so they're all friends and everything. And that's the end of it. I, I did like, with, with the way that that played out, like, I felt like um, Johnny, Fred Astaire's character throughout the whole, you know, was it's like such a nice guy. Like... Just kind of like rolls over is like, well, you know, I guess that's just the way it's going to be. And like doesn't try to get what should have been his from the beginning. And obviously it all works out in the end. But I like that it, at least at the end, King has enough yeah. you know, in him to be like, oh, well, like I'll repay the like, favor. Like the redemption happens, yeah. which is mm-hmm. good because you need to like him. Yeah, right. Or else you're like, Johnny, why are you friends with a jerk? Yeah. Like a jerk exactly. sickle. Um, dick toast. <laughs> dick toast. Yeah. Jerksicle dick toast. That's <laughs> that's his full name, right. guys. It's his full legal name. Because, um, yeah, there is the point where the Wizard of Oz, like, when he sees um, King auditioning, he's like, that's not the dude I wanted. Yeah, and he's getting ready. So when uh, the people running, like, that are basically putting on the show, right? Is that who it is? The director. The director. Yeah. The director uh, when he comes back after he sees King dan- like do his first dance number, uh, the Wizard of Oz is basically like getting ready to apologize and be like, "Oh shit!" Like I did- and they're like, "No, no, no, we love him." And he's like, "Oh, you do? Okay, cool, great, yeah, yeah." yeah he's like, "Wait, I'm what?" Uh, and then so he runs into Johnny. Johnny, let's go have a drink. Like, what? You're the one I wanted. You're great. He's like, and Johnny, being a good person, is like, "Yes, but." King, King's going to be great. Well, can I discover you next year? You know what? We've got a deal. He's like, sure, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, Johnny's not being completely altruistic. He knows that this guy really likes him. Mm-hmm, right. But he, like, this is a moment for King to have, and he wants to make sure it goes well. And, right. And I think he wants to preserve their friendship, and let's face it, if, if it was like, no, we wanted you, like, the dynamic between the two is very clearly that Johnny is the more mature and responsible. Oh, one. for so, sure. From yeah. the beginning, yeah. Oh, so the subplot with the Wizard of Oz, he's got this ermine cloak that he gives to blonde girls so they'll go have dinner with what's them. The, what's the ermine joke that they said? <laughs> it's like, the, the dude the serving him drinks, yeah. except it's not a bartender. Bar, not a bar, I, I, yeah, it looked like it was like he was just serving him soda. Like, like at a diner. Yeah. Like, some, like a soda jerk. Yeah. And so the two of them were talking and the soda jerk is there it's actually really funny how it's staged because um, he's in the jo- foreground the whole time. Yeah, like. and it's kind of his, mostly his shoulder, and he's just he keep like the soda jerk is staring at this fur cape while like, Johnny and the Wizard they, of Oz are talking, and every once in a while he reaches out to touch it, and then he's like, "This is a rabbit." Rabbit? No. 
And then the two would go on talking. They just continue talking, yeah. And then, squirrel? No. <laughs> Beaver? No. And then his friend shows up. Hey, Herman. That's what it is. Herman. Yeah. And he's like, yes, it's Herman. And it's <laughs> the weirdest, like. It's so dumb. It's like, and that's the. It cracked me up, though. Oh, yeah. It got all of us, but it was so dumb. Um, oh, and speaking of, like, how the musical numbers don't really integrate, the weird vaudeville elements. Yeah. Well, I also thought it was funny, too, like, because Wizard of Oz, whichever one he was, like, he's the one that found Johnny, who we thought was king. And everyone was really happy with the way that turned out. But then every every other act he brought, like the directors, just like head in hands. Like, <laughs> well, because well, I mean, I mean, and I get why, but it was funny because like, why do they let him continue to bring people? Like, clearly he has. Well, he did just win with King, so, so okay, like, whatever, I guess we'll like, look. throw it all at the wall and see what's so the They have a guy that rides a unicycle. Um, a sort giant, of. like a giant, <laughs> spectacularly fought. Like kind of he's supposed it. to, he can stop on a dime, and everything is what is what they say before he comes out, and he immediately rides out and falls into the orchestra pit. <laughs> yeah, um, and then like while they're waiting in the waiting room, we get treated to a five minute juggling routine. The human seal, yeah, <laughs> the human. That was yeah. really weird, but also like like I said while we were watching it, like it's really weird, but also really impressive. Yeah, like it's she was impressive. Really good at it. What she can do, but she ends up look because she's a juggler with this round ball that she can like balance and roll around on her head. She ends up looking like a seal, the way seals will play with a ball, and you're just like, I don't. This it's it's impressive, but not attractive. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And then when she puts that big pipe thing in her mouth, you're just like. Is anybody else uncomfortable? <laughs> it's really weird. It's like a fucking bowling pin. Like, it's huge. And, and, and phallic. It's yeah, just yeah. in her mouth. And she just... And I just can't even... And it's so... And the bit where she keeps throwing the ball back at, at Johnny, though, is really funny. Yeah. I kind of did want her want him to be... Want him to just, like, fuck... He almost does. Like, I was you know, waiting he for gets, it. He gets cut then. off right at the end. Like, right before, I like, it pans back to him. I was like, beam her with it. Like, throw it right <laughs> at her face. Just fucking And he's, like, winding up to do it. And then everyone comes off the elevator. And then the third one, which is actually the one that happens in the middle, because the, the unicycle was the last. It's the, the last third one, of yeah. the weird sort of vaudeville intersections is... Weird I don't even know what how to describe what she this. <laughs> it was some sort of operatic comedy. Routine? Yeah, it was like a mixture of like she started to sing, but then it was just like sound effects, and then he pulled out like a gun and shot a rat, or like I don't know. She was like itching, yeah, and then she pulls something off of her and throws it down, and they make the sound effects of it scampering across the ground, and he pulls out a gun and shoots it. But she's also like doing this to try to sing, so she'll start to sing and they'll be like. Ah! And like the whole time she's making like weird she's faces, frog in her throat yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 and making weird faces and weird noises, and then she starts to sing, but it's really goofy. Yeah, and at the end she roller skates off. Yeah, <laughs> that was delightful. Surprise uh, roller like, skates. Yeah. Like as soon as she did that, I was like, "Surprise roller skates! You'll have me on your side every time." Because she's wearing a very long gown that completely covers, and right. she moves forward. Like she walks forward, right. and so it is a the way she plays it is great because suddenly yeah, she rolls no skates idea off. until the end. Yeah. She hikes up her skirt and off she goes. <laughs> You're just like, what the? Yeah, what just happened? 
So bizarre. Okay, um, so the Broadway Melody of 1940, there was the original Broadway Melody of 1929, which I believe Ginger Rogers was in. Okay. I believe you. Um, then there was the Broadway Melody of 36, then 38, then 40. So it was really 36 when they were like, why don't we go back to that and we'll just keep doing different backstage musicals that have the same title, but are not the same story. Like, they're not the same characters, not the same story. But Eleanor Powell was in 36, 38, and 40. Hmm. And then they were going to do 42, and she was gonna, that was going to be her and Gene Kelly, but it got canceled in rehearsal. And then they did another one in 44, which George Murphy was in again, if I remember right. Only they didn't call it the Broadway Melody of 44, they called it Broadway Rhythm. And it didn't do well. This was nineteen. Should've. The nineteen forty one was our. Everybody agrees. Like, like that was the, the peak, peak of yeah. the whole thing. So. Having having seen none of the other ones, this one was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you mentioned there uh, with the other one that they do. They canceled that during rehearsal. So, um, kind of wanted to mention that really quick. That like, these are some. These are basically performances you're watching. Like there aren't. There aren't a lot of cuts, and, and like, they're long, long shots frequently. Um, like, Jenny pointed it out during, I think it's during the last number. Yeah. Um, that just amazing tap dance uh, number with um, Eleanor Powell and, and Fred Astaire. It's, one, um, it's one really long take, and then they kind of cut near the end to another angle, and then they cut to the like women that come on with the big bows and shit and sing for a <laughs> that second. Was an outfit. But that's all one shot too. They come on and and mm-hmm. do their song, and then they disappear off screen. And Eleanor Powell and um, Fred Astaire come back in and they do another dance number. And it's thank it's, you for that. Thank you for that lead in because that leads me into something I wanted to. I was reading a little bit more about how Fred Astaire revolutionized dance on film. And that, what you just mentioned, was one of the things he did. So before this, like, um, even the Broadway melody of 1929 was Busby Berkeley. Busby Berkeley was the big musical influence of the 30s. Um, And Busby Berkeley was overhead shots and lots of cuts and focusing on, like, just body parts, right? He did a lot of just weird angles. And it looks great. Like, Busby Berkeley numbers are fun to watch. Um, But Fred Astaire, because he came because he was a dancer and he was like, but people want to see the dancing. Right. So he insisted on like full body shots. Where it's you can all white see shots or mid shots. Body. Yeah. And then how he revolutionized it is, um, I wrote it down here. So I want, cause I really want to remember it. Oh, that's it. Um, a closely tracking dolly that would, yeah. that would, they would dolly crane across and follow the dance so that the dance was always in the middle it's of the It's always center focus. Yeah. So it means that you don't even recognize the movement that is happening because you're just following along with it and it's putting you in the dance. So like this dolly, this dolly tracking, that was Fred Astaire going, I want long and broken takes because people want to see the dancing i want them to see the whole body and i want them to see the whole flow of the movement and so we're going to do it this way that that had never been done before well it looks that's wonderful. 
it does look wonderful, and I would not have noticed it. Well, I didn't notice it. Yeah, uh, until you said but, it. Like, but now thinking back on it, there's so many, like, so much of it is, especially when um, Eleanor Powell and Fred Astaire are dancing together, it's all the way to one side of the whatever area they're dancing in, and then all the way to the other side, and it's back and forth, and you don't even really notice that the camera is moving with them because it's, it's so organic. Yes, yeah. One, because you can't take your eyes off of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, Who really cares what else is happening because you're just watching them. Poor George Murphy. We I know. We're all commenting like, when George Murphy dances with Fred Astaire and you're just like... He's I mean, good. He's not He's not bad. He's yeah. a competent dancer. He's good at what he does. He's just not as good as everyone it's, else on It's on just he's dancing screen. with Fred Astaire. He's dancing he, with two of the most amazing people And then he possible. goes and dances with Eleanor Powell and it's like, you're still good, but you're still dancing with somebody better than you. Damn. Right. Um, oh, and so the second thing that Fred Astaire uh, revolutionized was he did want the songs to be integrated into the plot, like for them to happen naturally, not just stop. So this was one of the earliest films of his film career, if I remember right. I don't remember now. I don't remember where it, f- it fell. But the longer he danced and the more control he had, the more he was like, the the dance, this because this, it was big on... It was big on happening in Broadway with Oklahoma, right? Like, they were mm-hmm. starting to be like, but what if, what if we told a whole story? What if the right. songs contributed to the story? So he was another one who was buying into that and throwing his weight behind that, too. So that's another way that he um, he sort of revolutionized how dance happened on film. And we have so, thank you, Fred. Yeah. Because I get very frustrated even now when I see dancing routines where I'm like, I would like to see what they're doing. Please stop with the editing. Like, I love Moulin Rouge, yeah. but what I love in Moulin Rouge is having the disc that has all the rehearsal footage so I can actually <laughs> see what the, the shit the they're happening. doing. Yeah. Like, it looks great in the moment, but you're but like... But it's so many fast cuts. So like, it's yeah. so... Super just fast cuts, and yeah. like, fast cuts to random close-ups of body parts. <laughs> like, it's, like, seriously, Baz Luhrmann wants to be the next Busby Berkeley. <laughs> right. Oh, ooh. A Baz Luhrmann, Busby Berkeley style. Like, can you imagine if they gave him like a big pool and like a, like a Esther Williams it, yeah. and like hundreds of extras diving and leaping about? I'd watch the shit out of that. I'd watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hmm. I have a lot more trivia about. I mean, this keep movie. going. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Um, the director of this is Norman. I'm going to butcher this, Torog, Torig. Uh, he directed Boys Town with Spencer Tracy. And he did a lot of Martin and Lewis and Elvis Presley movies. He was very good at that light, light touch of comedy. Um, interestingly, he went blind later in life and became the director of the Braille Institute. Huh. Interesting bit of career. Mm. Yeah, he was I, I also was... the youngest person to ever win an Oscar until Damien Chazelle won it for La La Land. Huh. Interesting. Because he was only 32 years old when he won an Oscar for Best Direction. That's awesome. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> like That's so young. Right? I feel a little like, I, uh, what the shit have I been doing with my life, guys? <laughs> I can watch your movies. Meanwhile, you've got an Oscar. <laughs> um, the writers. Here's one I found out. Leon Gordon, who is one of the writers, were... Freaks, you know, Todd oh, yeah. Browning's Freaks, you wrote it. <laughs> I was just, what? That's, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the 
choreographer on record is Bobby Connolly, but really he just staged the background dancers because Fred Astaire and Hermes Pan, as we know, they did their shit, and then Eleanor Powell was like, I'll take care yes, of me. I got, yeah, I got this. <laughs> just, uh, Stand back. Oh, I mentioned it to them. I haven't told you. Eleanor Powell choreographed all her own dances. She she choreographed them, and she did know how to make herself look good. She's great. Yeah, she's amazing. So um, It is funny to watch. Like, I wasn't paying attention to them, but, like, Wendy would point out every now and then what people in the background were doing. <laughs> it's kind of like they're just there to create movement that yeah. you're not really looking it's at. It's just, yeah, like, background. There's a lot of yeah. arm flailing. Yeah. Yeah. Flailing's a good word. Yeah. What was the, on the begin? The begin they were like yeah, leaning just, back yeah. and just sort of shoving their yeah. hands, like, "Oh, somebody odd. farted! Get it away from me!" <laughs> yeah, they're real. It's really just supposed to be visual noise, basically. Yeah. That like, yeah, like something that you that you realize is there. It creates some movement in the background, but you're not really supposed to be looking at it because you're supposed to be looking at. Uh, Eleanor Powell dancing yeah. or Fred Astaire dancing yeah. or whoever yeah. the central focus is. But it also would, it helps because like just watching them on, if it was just a blank stage with them dancing, it would still be cool. Don't get me wrong. But like it adds, that, it adds that flair to it kind of, yeah. Okay. So Eleanor Powell, um, like she was an acrobat and a ballet dancer primarily. She started di- dancing in nightclubs. I'm not shitting you at 12. What the fuck is with these people? We're your parents, <laughs> Like, and also just, like, damn. What is, all of these big Broadway stars, like, then again, it, it it was, everybody was poor. So I guess, you know, to me, I'm like, damn, girl, good job you getting a job that young. And it's like, no, I had to get a job that young because my life sucked. It's, I need to rethink my perspective right. on that a so little like, bit. So, uh, like, we had to fucking eat, dude. <laughs> yeah. So um, she was in New York City Reviews by 16, and um, she was a Broadway star by 1929 and then out in Hollywood by 1935. Um, So she wanted to be on Broadway, and she didn't know how to tap, and nobody would cast her because tap if you couldn't tap, then fuck you. Because that's what it was in Broadway. That was the most popular dance style. A uniquely American dance style, by the way. Very much... Very much so. Um, that's a whole lecture we could have there about <laughs> American American artistic forms and how they come out of the African-American experience in slavery and how much of our culture we owe to that. And it's all so fucked up. But anyway, so she said, well, fuck this noise. I need to learn how to tap. So she went to a dude, paid him to teach her how to tap. <laughs> and and um, then just became the best at that. Yeah. Well, um, the story I read was because she was a ballet dancer and an acrobat. She was very up. They tied sandbags to her waist to weigh her to, down, like, force her down, so that her taps would have would drive into the floor and have force. And boy, howdy, did that work? Because say, she is off. like. Do you remember how Ann Miller moved in on the town? Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you can you remember the difference in how they moved? Like Ann Miller had a had it's a very like up bounce, yeah, like yeah. a bounce to it. Um, she is, just glides everywhere. Yeah, and so all of her taps like, like she doesn't tap and bounce it up. She taps and downs it. Yeah, and Fred Astaire said of her that she taps like a man. 
like and her her tapping is aggressive. The two of them apparently were a little bit intimidated by each other. That's because, adorable, right? Yeah. That they like when they first got together, like you're fucking Fred Astaire, and like damn, you're fucking Eleanor Powell, and then then they were like, okay, you know what, you're Fred, I'm Ellie. Let's just dance. Yeah, right. Let's just get this right. I I love the way they move together because neither one of them, their heads don't move they up don't and down bob. at all. They yeah. just glide, and you're watching their legs, especially when they're doing like crazy tap stuff. Yeah, their feet don't um, move. They're they're <laughs> yeah, where they're tapping so fast that you can't see their foot moving, and they're doing it on one foot, and you're just like, what the fuck are they doing? But uh, you would imagine like they have such control over their bodies that just like. They just float while they're doing these crazy things with their feet. Yeah, and part, it's, yeah which, whichever number it was where they're like, he's spinning on one foot, and uh-huh. it doesn't like it looks like his foot is stationary and he's just swiveling like on his ankle. While like, she's pulling him in, she's the one who's spinning him while she's tapping around him. Right. She's holding him up in a like a ballet pose, yeah, and like, she's. Bones him. don't bend that way. Yeah, but, they but just make if it look you were so filming natural. them from the waist up, they would. Yeah, it would not look like they were tapping at all. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean that's what Fred Astaire is known for is that he makes it look effortless. Right. When it's not. One of the things uh, that Jenny mentioned was like kind of how how he taps, um, and and we talked about this a little bit while we watching the movie, but like the way that both of them kind of incorporate tap into their style that it's. It's such an integral part, especially for him, of his style. It's not like watching a Gene Kelly where Gene Kelly's doing this real graceful dancing and then it's like now you watch him kind of go from like up to like down into tap mm-hmm. and like you see his tap stance coming and you're like, it's time to watch Gene Kelly fucking tap dance. Uh, with Fred Astaire, it's just float, 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 tap, float. Like <laughs> He was a, he's, it's all the, it's all the ballroom. Because mm-hmm. he and his sister were a were a very famous dancing couple for a long time until she retired to get married. Because that's what you had to do if you got married; you had to leave show business. Right. And uh, <laughs> Winnie just her eyes rolled out of her face. <laughs> I can't can't even. I just called oh. her Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. Um, and so, funny thing is that so when Adele Astaire uh, stopped like retired. He ended, he ended up, his very first movie he did, he ended up dancing with Ginger Rogers, and they were like, you two look good together. He's like, I do not want another fucking partner. I just got, like, I've been dancing with Adele for all these years. I really want to expand as a solo artist. No. Yeah, but you two really work together. Yeah. Um, and then, but apparently, like, choreographing together, because he had been dancing with his sister for so long, that the way he would stage the numbers was very platonic because they're just nobody was going to buy a romantic ballroom duet when you know that the two of them are brother and sister (laughs) so he had to kind of this is a high school musical right right oh Oh, Sharpay and Ryan um they they would go for it of course right um so he had to add a whole different I had to add a whole different um Vocabulary to his dancing. Oh, so did I? Did I say that that's the famous thing about his screen test? That the review of his screen test when, no. when he came out, because he was a Broadway star. He was in The Gay Divorce on Broadway, which um, uh, Night and Day, I think that was the number. But it was a Cole Porter, and 
stop the show cold, right? And it turned into the gay divorcee movie eventually. So they were like, oh, you're a big, that's what Hollywood does. We poach the Broadway stars. They bring them out for a screen test. And famously, it might be a little bit apocryphal, the review of his screen test, everybody agrees it was a bad screen test. But uh, um, I forget, it may have been Louis B. Mayer. It was one of the big ones was just like, it's okay. I've seen him dance. Like, that was a terrible screen test. But what it said was, can't sing, can't act, balding can dance a little. <laughs> but Damn. I was reading something that a lot of the composers of the time, like Johnny Mercer and Cole Porter, considered him one of the best singers of their material. He doesn't really sing in, like, well, at least in this movie. Not, I mean, they have the, the opening bit, song. Yeah. And he, he does the piano song. He sings a little yeah, bit Yeah, that's there. what I was thinking. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because I don't think of his voice as being anything special, it's so it's thin and yeah. light. But it's his phrasing, his diction, and um, the emotional content that he gets out of it that they're like, no, nobody sings it as well as Fred Astaire. He sings it like he dances. He he phrases it so well, and he adds something to it. I'm like, I don't know that I agree, but. Okay. Right. But I just found it fascinating that Cole Porter's like, oh, I love the way Fred Astaire sings. Like, who says that? Yeah, right. I guess it's very much his own voice. Like, you know it's him. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that either. It's oh. Bold. That's a bold statement. There's nothing that really stands out. He would, yeah. they would record the taps in advance, and he would dance to those taps, but he would also overdub, so they would actually record him dancing it live when they were, when they were filming. So it would be double... It would be overdubbed tapping. Huh. Interesting. Right? Like that's That seems like a nightmare to try to sync up. Except that he was famously a per- so a perfectionist. Flawless. Yeah. Um flawless is a good word. I read a story that there was a number that they filmed and uh, they filmed it on one set and then when they watched it they were like, That shit that set looks like shit. We don't like anything about it. We don't like we don't like what everything we've put around it. We're going to change the set and the costume. Just keep the number the exact same. So they had filmed footage of him on this one set, and then they filmed it again on a completely different set. And a side-by-side comparison will show you that he is moving the exact same way. Like, beat by beat, he's in the exact same position. That's crazy. It is crazy. And I say that as a dancer, like, no, that's just not what happened. But that... That's what Fred Astaire did. He and Eleanor Powell rehearsed for two weeks just on the arm movements for Begin the Begin so that they would be in in unison. Wow. And um, who was it? Somebody was like, I can't handle all these rehearsals. They make me crazy. But then when they'd go to film... They'd get the, was, no, shoot the whole thing in a week. Like, yeah, they'd, knock out, the, they'd, na- they'd knock out the dances in a day, filming a whole dance in a day because... It, they knew it cold. Yeah, right. Like it was just, well, here it is. Let's perform it for you. Film it five different times. You've got five different things to look at. There you go. Like realistically, that might take a couple hours. Yeah. I'm sort of just like, that is not how that's done these days. Right. I just, are we all clear on that? Like, <laughs> that's fascinating. Um, so I've been hogging the mic. What do you guys want to say about it? I mean... I don't know. Like we, we you kind of covered a lot of it. The um, I, I loved like what Jenny going back to what Jenny said while we were watching it. I mean, this one focused a lot more on the the tapping. Like I feel like 
we've seen, you know, plenty of them that have had bits here and there, but it's like every number kind of... Tap. This was a tap folk, musical. Yeah, not that it like, focuses yeah. on it, but like really, I felt like the way that it was incorporated and the way that it's like was recorded, I mean, everything about it really brought that out more than any of the other ones we've seen. And so like this has been the best um, example of it for me of any of the ones we've watched. Um, especially because they just go all out and having both of them do whatever it is they're doing. It's like, I have no idea how to follow it. Like I can hear the rhythm. Like it doesn't look like you're doing that with your feet. (laughs) I don't see. And the rhythms are so precise. Yeah. Yeah. And actually in the rhythms too, like that first, the, all of the, I really liked how all of the, uh, vocals were really syncopated too. Like it matched the, the tapping, but like that first song with Johnny and King, when they come out and they're just doing their like something about don't don't, don't change pay, yeah like don't, don't change Broadway don't change or Broadway, Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. but it's just like the the way like the the rhythm of that of that song and the vocal like the the lyrics too were just like it seemed odd at first and it was kind of hard to like kind of find the the rhythm in there but I just really I just something I noticed I just really liked that it was all you know very syncopated and unique. Well, Eleanor Powell said a tap dancer is just a frustrated drummer. (laughs) Yeah. I really like that number, too. I like what they do with a lot of the tap in it where, um, like, it's not just always straight watching somebody tap, which, don't get me wrong, it's delightful. But uh, there's, like, even in the opening number where you have uh, King and, and Johnny dancing, they have that part where, and it was right as all of us kind of went, had that moment where we were like, yeah, he's good or whatever, but like Fred Astaire's just showing him up. And then right about then is when Fred Astaire just kind of collapses on him, and then he's doing this wild shit while uh, George Murphy is still kind of tap, like he's still yeah. doing his tap thing, but like, then you're like, all you can do is watch Fred Astaire just kind of doing almost slapsticky type movements yeah. while still kind of tapping. Like, it's like really... still delivering tap rhythms. Yeah. He's not quite as, like, fully tap as as George Murphy is, but he's still doing some tap stuff while he's doing these, like, really, really weird contortion-y movements. And, like, pratfalls almost, like, where you're, yeah. like... Well, he's... Because that whole end of that number, they end up with their canes because they're in top hat and cane number. They end up sword fighting yeah. each yes. other and then George Murphy stabs him right. and he oh, spins that's right. around yeah, yeah. and he's dying as they're going off and the choreography of that is just clever as shit of how they're tapping while spinning around and sword fighting with their canes. And the canes also get the good, like it's part of all of it, like the rhythm I think it's really cool the way that like they smack their canes together. Is it's just like their taps. Like it's really cool. Um, I'm also a sucker for the move where, I mean, it's one of the most common like tap moves with the cane where they put the cane down and then they like, yeah, stick like their red. butts out and do the tap from side to side. I'm like, I'll watch that all day. It's so cool to see. Yeah. Um, but you get the same thing in the. Uh, the Eleanor Powell number, the first time they danced together with, we already kind of mentioned it, where she's spinning him around as she's tapping, and he's still, like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, it's so <laughs> weird, but it's so, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, sorry. And, and uh, <laughs> just banging the shit out of the fucking <laughs> table here. Um, 
but there, it, it's very interesting just to watch kind of what they do that's not just like, hey, we're going to watch you tap for a minute, which would still be entertaining. But, I mean, there's a lot of musical numbers to get through, and if that's all that happened. But, I mean, Astaire, if if you watch, you can see that um, he, he loved to collaborate, by the way. Mm-hmm. He would, um, where Eleanor would pretty much do it herself. Um, he, you know, would work with Hermes Pan, but he'd work with lots of different people. Um they would go in and play around, and it was, he'd think of gags or bits. Like, it was all, like, a lot of his numbers, especially his solo numbers, are based on some sort of concept or gag. So, um, like, the sword fighting with the canes in the first number, mm-hmm. and then his his sort of romantic du- solo with himself when he's dancing around after singing the song at the piano, and he's got her compact, her little compact that yeah. he's tossing around and, and kind of juggling a little bit and catching in his hat, like that's that's his prop thing that he's using as something to inspire him to do all these moves. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So he he was very much about coming up with a bit or a way into a number of like, oh, but what if we what if we did this? Like, what if the concept of it was I've got this compact and what could I do with this compact and how could I toss it around and play with it? So. Just to shake things up. Yeah, I like the, the, that number in particular. Like all of the, the physical comedy was great. Like the compact, but he's also got like her picture on the front of the the music book, and he's like confessing his love to her there. But then as soon as she walks in, he like slowly just kind of puts it down on the table behind him. Like <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. What are you I talking about? I wasn't just mooning over your picture in for four minutes while dancing. Or when he's playing the piano and like just like stops to tap and then like kicks the piano like with. For, like, percussion. That was really good. He's, like, tapping as he's spinning around, and then it's just like, like, I just elbowed the shit out of the table a minute ago, except he's doing it on purpose. (laughs) With, right on the With rhythm. (laughs) Because, by the way, Fred Astaire was an excellent piano player, and he also composed music, so you get to watch him play and Mm -hmm. sing, and then, yeah, spin around on the piano stool while tapping. Yeah. Like, what the hell, dude? You gotta be talented in all those ways? His physicality is so cool, too, because, like, you see him, even when he's not dancing, um, you can tell he has that vaudeville experience that he just moves sometimes in, like, reactions or responses or whatever. Um, there's the moment where he's pretending to be um, king on the phone with her, and he tells her that he loves her. And then he hangs up, he immediately, he goes, I love you. And then hangs up, and then he gets up, and he kind of takes about three steps, and then he does this weird kick thing, and the physicality to it. He literally kicks himself in the head, like he kicks his own backside. It's so good. (laughs) Like, it's a half second, and it's so fast, but it's just, it's delightful to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good moment. Um, (laughs) And then there's, so, Eleanor Powell... It has been going every night without every night with King because she's just enjoying how much he's enjoying being famous, famous and, yeah. and like that success is coming to him, and she's just enjoying watching him enjoy it. Well, King of course thinks that she likes him, and he's like, mm-hmm. I think I kind of like her. Hey yo, um, and then the director comes in. The director keeps apparently asking her to marry him, except that they both know they're not really in love. Um, so it's three days before the end of the show. And yeah. all it is is you getting worried that I'm not going to be in the next show. Right. And then, so, yeah. So he comes in, he's like, you are toying with him. 
Like, does he know that you don't like him? What? Why are you going out with him? I'm just going out because it's, it's so much fun. Okay, no. Like, you need to tell him. Okay, you're right. And also, you guys, we have a long day of rehearsal. Like, you should not be going out tonight. You're right. And it's like, well, yeah, but how can I tell him? Like, I'd, I'd be breaking a date this late. Like, oh. Tell him the truth. Oh, that's a funny idea. You could tell him you have a headache. Oh, I could tell him I have a headache. And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, no, you're right. That wouldn't be feminine. <laughs> what does <laughs> yeah, that even like, mean? Like, yeah, I was like, tell him the truth. And she's like, oh, that's an idea. He's like, no, that's that wouldn't be feminine. Like, tell him you have a headache. <laughs> Lie to him. That's oh, more feminine. Oh, no, that wouldn't be feminine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, did we cover? I think we got sidetracked. The weird cape thing. We did not. We got we did get sidetracked, and I remembered that we never circled back. Okay, to that. so the Wizard of Oz has this ermine cape. Yeah, because we got sidetracked on the Herman ermine, the right, Herman yeah, Herman right, thing. Right. Yeah, uh, that he's got that he, uh, as near as I can tell, like you, it's Is implied it supposed to be a statusy type thing. It's implied it's sort of like a sugar daddy. I mean, but I can't remember if this is. But it's this, like this, I, mean, I think this might be postcode. So, like, I don't know, because I can never remember when, when or not with the code. I feel like this postcode because it's 1940, and I should know because I should be a better film geek. So, but it doesn't matter. Like, it's implied like a sugar daddy thing, except that the way the evenings are structured, sort of. like, it's like he they like he takes them out to dinner and to or dinner and or a, a like show a, a or something, or show. and it's like a status symbol for him to have this pretty young blonde and this ermine cape. He gives them the cape to wear for the evening, and they're like, ooh, I get this cape, yeah, I'll go out to dinner. But he's not actually giving it to them. He wants it back at the end of the night. Yeah, like, I guess they all assume that like, it's a gift, and then at the end of the night, he walks into the door and takes it back, and then or there's never, the, never like calls the, them again. There's the one that, like, he distracts her, and he's just, like, grabs <laughs> yeah. it and runs out. <laughs> I like when the one, and, like, the that one is like, life. oh, did you want your little kiss goodnight? And you're like, is that all he gets out of this? This seems odd. He's not really trying to put the make on any of them. He's not handsy or anything with yeah, them either. Right. It's all very strange. But he's got this coat that he keeps lugging around, and his secretary is like, when do you when are you going to take me out? I'm a blonde. And he's like, that would be a bad idea. And then he ends up Until taking the ocean. It's the best. One of my favorite parts of the movie is when he brings her in to uh, to the show at the end. And he has a, he has her on one side, and there's a woman that turns around, and it's the first woman that was in the coat. And so he grabs her, and he pulls her to the other side, and then they take two steps forward, and another woman turns around, and it's the next woman who was in the coat. And I can't remember her exact line, but it's something like, there's a lot of memories in here tonight, or something <laughs> like that, and it's so, she so good. She throws some nice shade at him. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she is just like... Every line she has is just shady as fuck. Yeah, like, it's nothing, so nothing good. Because right after that is when they go in and get seated. And she's like, if we were a couple rows further back, we could see Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Begin the Begin set cost $120,000 wow. to build in 1940. Definitely on a stage, though, right? Oh, yeah. 60-foot, multi-paneled mirror mounted on a revolving truck. That's like, crazy. you're yeah. like, I mean, it looks amazing. Sure, it does look amazing. I mean, it paid off. That's just, that's insane. 
It did have, like, there are a lot of kind of wild-ass sets in this. Um, one of the, pretty much I think the first time you see Eleanor Okay, so the, is the, the first, sofa? oh, we haven't gotten through all, oh. no, no, the first time you see her dance is the ship one. Oh, yeah. oh you're right. Because yeah, yeah, she does yeah, yeah. all her acrobatic flippy ones. Oh, that flippy one's ones. fucking crazy. They're, yeah. They're great little, like, the, the skirt and everything. Yeah. I mean, all of her outfits, but yeah. oh, that's she, a great way for her to be introduced yeah. at the top of the mast. So, let's see, the first number you see is the two boys dancing. The next right. is her solo, the the boat, the, the ship. I'm a, I'm a, it's a gangway something. something. Is the title? I don't remember. Gangway, please. And she stands with a bunch of sailors who help, who assist her in flipping all over the damn place. They just basically throw her around the whole stage, <laughs> and it's. She's got the biggest smile on awesome. her face. Yeah. And then you get, then you get the couch number, which is King's audition number. Yes. With that crazy huge couch, and then the the swirly stair. It's the swirly stair where they slide ramp. down, yeah. and yeah. I love in that one how like it, you know, it starts with like very small, where it's just them, like him standing behind the couch and her on it, and as they move around, the you know it slowly pans out to give you like the rest of it, and then it ends with them like sliding down. Yeah. I would like, never have expected the, that to be in there. It was the just, camera movement was great. And BT dubs, that is not what Broadway stages <laughs> look like. <laughs> like, we don't lay down vinyl, marble floors, whatever that floor, bright to mirror bright finish. Yeah, it finish. was shiny, whatever it was. It was lovely. That's not how, that's not how any of this works. As yeah. Skywalker would say, and then they had the well, they had the other one that was the number Johnny was filling in for um, for King. That's also just a wild ass set. So that's, huge! It's marble floors. It has that black staircase coming up, and those yeah. huge columns. And like, like that's that whole that whole number. I'm just like. Okay, this one doesn't work for me. I'll just be honest. Like, it's some high-concept shit that's just flying way over my head. But it does allow Eleanor Powell to show off the fact that she could dance on point. So it's her ballet number. She comes out and does a ton of point work, and then... um, Is that that one? Yeah. Yeah. It starts and like it starts on the one side with her doing the ballet. And then You're right. I had it conflated over, with the, coming down the staircase. With the begin, the beginning. In his yeah. Harlequin Zorro. His Z- Z- Joko Zorro. Yeah. Z- Jorko? <laughs> Zorker? There yeah, you're right, because it does come out with her in that, and then it has the other dancers that are all in white. Yeah. Kind yeah. of circling. And then she's fucking just spinning. She's, a she's like a top just going around. She's called the queen of the rat tat tat, but she was an amazing spinner. And like, like what she does in this, I think is some of her most beautiful dancing, but she does some other, there are some other dances that she did in, in other things where just it's mind boggling what she made her body do. It's not as beautiful, but it's fucking impressive because she does her signature move was the one you got to see a couple of times where she just quick bends back and touches the floor behind her with her hand like yeah, oh by the way i can do this backwards in half to just touch yeah. the ground like, yeah cause no she's big deal so fucking flexible she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna start to do a back walk over but i'm just really gonna touch the floor and then i'm gonna keep half dancing like i do that's a thing i do she was also known for her splits but she was an excellent spinner when you get to well. see some of that in like the the opening like the the gangway number mm-hmm. where she just like you know put her, like her leg goes while standing yeah her leg just goes up and all the way and just hold it out while she's messing with her toes and just yeah also her muscular control 
Yeah. I say this as somebody who was a dancer and I could never, like, I was not a great dancer. And like, if I had trained for years, maybe, but the muscular control to take her leg and just hold it up at an angle while standing upright and then slowly Slowly bring it down. down. It's just like, oh my God, that's impressive. It's it's much like when you, uh, like if you're lifting weights, um, it's kind of the same concept. Like, most of the work when you're lifting a weight usually is like bringing it up and then you tend to kind of like let the weight do itself to like bring it down. But like one of the harder things you can do is like just kind of slowly bring a weight back down because you're still having to use your muscle to like fight against it. That's what she's fucking doing with her legs. And it's so just like wild to watch because she like you watch her just kick her leg up real fast and just hold it. And hold it, like, in front of her face, and then it just slowly starts coming down, and the control is it's crazy. wild. Yeah. It's crazy. So we get the ship number, we get the couch number, um, we get Johnny solo with the at the piano, mm-hmm. then we get the duet between the two of them at lunch, yeah. which... With my favorite We haven't even talked about that one. That one's really good. Silhouette Man character. What's that? I just said that number has my favorite character in it. The Silhouette Man. The guy like cutting the silhouettes. Yes. With his (laughs) thick accent and his haughty demeanor. Yeah. He's very sassy to them. He was very sassy. Um, You get that one. And then then it's the high concept number. And then the begin the begin. Right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, so the yeah, high concept number, right. there's very little even tap in it that Fred does because she can't tap. She's in ballet slippers. Right. So it's mostly them. Like, there is this one point where they even just go bet- from, like, between column to between column where they just literally move to the next one and pose. Oh, that's what we do all the, the silhouettes. Yeah. yeah. And then we move around to the next column and we pose and hold. And then we move, and I'm just like, what was that? Okay. Okay, I mean, like... But also, what's wild about it is that that's supposed to be the number that, like, makes him a star. (laughs) Right? And you're just like... (laughs) Like, that's the one thing that everybody's talking about in the reviews is, like, when she comes in and talks to, to King the next day, she's like... She's like, if anybody was honest in those papers, they would say that, like, he stole the show and everybody's talking about this number and it's like... I guess it was okay. Like, really? If that's what people are... Also, How the bad com- was the rest of your show? The comedy that he put on King's costume yes. Yes. to go do this number when he is... They are six, and very and differently like shaped 60 men. 60 pounds lighter. Form-fitting, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's one of the more form-fitting things that he wears, yeah. actually, because generally he's in that kind of baggy suit of the period. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he has that... Uh, bolero, like crop. Yeah, 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 it, with the puffy, like, um, Harlequin-like sleeves, but, like, everything else is really, really tight-fitting. There's no way that fit on, on <laughs> There's George no Murphy. way that George Murphy <laughs> squeezed into that. I kind of want to see cap. George Murphy wearing that, right? though. Right? That, that <laughs> with some the some sleeves <laughs> stopping, like, just past <laughs> the elbow. Like, that would have been some shit that I would have done if I had been on set, like, George, I need to... I mean, come on, on, you're yeah. su- that's supposed to be yours. Just put it on. All right. Just put it on, I just... Really want to see it. Um, George Murphy ended up as senator. I mentioned that to them while we were watching the movie. Like that's that's a thing that happened yeah, in this back, era. I guess, yeah. Like Ronald Reagan became president. Right. What the hell? Why not? Um, oh, and then of course the last number, the begin, the begin, which is the most famous number from this movie or any of the Broadway melody movies 
really. And one of the most famous numbers ever filmed, arguably, especially one of considered one of the stairs best. So it starts with a sort of more it's still tap, but it's more ballroomy, except that what's interesting about when he dances with Eleanor Powell is it's not ballroom, it's not partner dancing, it's more two people doing the same steps near each other in mm-hmm. in yeah. unison. So, but she's got that long skirt on, and she's got her little midriff showing, and it's all and her, these sort of arms. Latin arms, very elbows up, very, a little mechanical. It's a little true, bit, a little yeah. like domo domo origato, Mister Roboto. C three PO. And then, and then the quartet of like swing singers comes on. <laughs> That is the <laughs> fucking wildest costume choice yeah, in so, this movie. So it opens and it's very Latin, like because everybody's midriffs are showing. So it's sort of to imply is that, that where he has the really sparkly. Yeah, yeah, he's suit got too. he's got like a bolero jacket on too, like yeah, maybe yeah. a little bullfightery. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, and it's very the front of it's all like very spangly. Sp- yeah, and like even before he comes out, like the background, like the backdrop with the mirrors, it has like palm trees palm and trees. stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's very it's like, like very, Latin, very you tropical. Because yeah. you know the begin is a is a tropical um, sort of, and then to cover while they change into their second half of the dance <laughs> outfits, which are just more typical dress and suit. Like he has that white suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and she's got that nice white mm-hmm. um, like calf link. Yep. Uh, skirt. <laughs> what are they? Yeah, explain. <laughs> Describe these these costumes. They're plaid tweed. <laughs> they look like really heavy tweed or wool. They didn't. There's no way those were comfortable at all. Like they're plaid everywhere. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's a lot of and plaid. And it's brown. Like it looks like it's brown. Like it's a black and white movie. Which, by the way, they were originally gonna they were gonna shoot in Technicolor, but mm. had to change it because of the war effort costing too much but so they shot it in black and white it's a gorgeous black and white like i I love good black and white cinematography so but like even in black and white they looked brown didn't they (laughs) and they looked sort of tweedy and woolly so it's these four women in these um typical 40s skirt suits with this netting that is attacking their heads (laughs) like it's this this netting hat that is like yeah, a good 12 inches tall that's tied around their necks and so also sort of leaking out by their neck yeah, and like down their the, breast. Like off the top of like their the right side of their head, but then out the bottom left side as well. Like, like it's, and it's like giant bows almost. But out of but like, like tool or netting. Yeah, yeah. And then in the back of their costume, like right above their butts, is another giant bow... That's part of the dress that's the same material as the dress. Yeah. So it's just, it's all bows and it everywhere, like, and it's really on weird. It's also like the, the, the tool coming Incongruous out Incongruous would be yeah. a yeah. word. It looked like they even had more, like, on the front of the, like, the top. Yeah. You know, like, under, like, so not only was it coming out both sides like of the head. Like, that it was, like, like some sort of ascot it was or yeah. robot. Like, like, it, they looked like they were leaking. Yeah. Like, that's what I said. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, or it's escaping or something. Are we entirely... And then there was, like, of the four, there was the one on the far... Like, the, the, <laughs> the, the one last on the... one off the screen was was doing her own dance. Like, like, they were all technically doing the same steps, but 
her sense of rhythm was different. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you know how people can clap on the beat, and everybody's clapping in unison, but you know that some people, even though they're clapping at the same time, what's in their head is a different beat. <laughs> like, everybody looks like they're clapping, and then there's one person who's just really driving it down. You're like, hmm, I'm not sh- you're technically doing the yeah. same thing. It just doesn't look right. <laughs> so, yeah, the incongruous... Tweed sisters come out, and then um, the two of them come back and do some of the best tapping, put on film with some lovely challenge steps. And, That's really, I like um, that part a lot. Yeah. And I the two you, of them the are smiling. Yeah, the music just drops out like, like we're going to let them fucking yeah. do it. And the two of them are smiling at each other in a way that just looks so genuine of like, like you feel like they knew in that moment that they were, they were achieving a pinnacle. Right. Like... You know what? I don't know if they knew it at the time, but this is what is going to live on. This moment right here will become famous, and people will watch it 80 years from now and be like, damn, nobody's even done it that good since. (sighs) So, yeah. Fred Astaire, Eleanor Powell. We're not... Eleanor Powell didn't make a ton... Well, no, she... She didn't make a lot of movies that were really that have lasted in terms of public awareness, but we can seek some more out because she's she's, she's great. great. Yeah. She also has some really great costumes in this. Gowns this by route. Adrian. Do it. Gowns by Adrian. Yes. Oh, I wrote down he did some other things too. Um, he did other movies. What she has it? these when she's when she's not on stage. It's this weird style that's like half western-ish. It's got weird fringy country has, elements. Yeah, there's like But 40s. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird mix that like I'm not sure what to make of it. There's the one where she finds out that um that that Fred Astaire's been the one that's the act that's the better dancer when she hears him tapping in the dressing room and she has this dress on, I don't even know how to, it doesn't really have fringe on it, but it has the little, like, not, like white, uh-huh. like, the little, like, thing. The little, like, And then she has the balls. giant hat on as well. It, that looks like a straw bonnet. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really, really strange. But her dancing gowns are just... Right. Delicious. Um, <laughs> Adri- gowns by Adrian. Adrian also costumed the Philadelphia story. Oh, I love that movie The Wizard so of much. Oz. Um, rope, Hitchcock's rope. Oh, so huh. he 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 was he collaborated with Hitchcock, and um, uh, he later in life he moved to doing. He was just starting to branch out into Broadway costuming. He actually did the costumes for Camelot, but he died in the middle of production. So, but um, like the, when I saw the Philadelphia story, the shit Catherine Hepburn wears in that movie is just glorious. Ah. <sighs> Which is so, if you have to say it, you have to say it, Adrian. <laughs> Gowns by Adrian. I mean, he's no Edna Mode, uh, but he'll Who do. Could be. But he'll do, darling. Um, so, yeah, we got, we're definitely going to watch more Fred Astaire, because yeah. we obviously need to definitely see some Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire together. We're going to watch White Christmas. Uh, is it White Christmas? Holiday Inn. We're going to watch Holiday Inn. Pardon me. White Christmas is Bing Crosby and Danny Kay. Have you seen that? Oh my God, we're going to do a two for this Christmas. Yay! <laughs> and then uh, Holiday Inn is Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. Yeah. 
So I it'll be interesting to compare yeah, those two. I've seen neither, so. <laughs> they're, they're staples in my Well, as we found out, we have someone who has missed a pretty pivotal Ginny has what? never seen. She's asleep, singing in the rain. <laughs> I can't even fathom that. I remember the first time I saw singing in the rain, like, my mind literally exploded. I had never seen it until about two years ago. <gasps> yeah. What was that like? It's amazing. Like, it's so good. Uh, I guess it was a little over a year ago because it was right after, or earlier this year, because it was right after Debbie Reynolds died. Um, was the first time I watched it because everybody was going on about it, and I was like, "Oh, watch this!" And I was like, "Holy fuck, this is amazing!" I can't even like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, on the one hand, I'm kind of even jealous because the experience of watching it for the first time was so like, oh, yeah. "What is this?" Like, you got to have that. Mine was so long ago. <laughs> I lost that a long time ago. Oh, I said it. Um, okay, favorite numbers. I think I think my favorite. Was probably like the his solo number, the piano number. Yeah, uh, just because it was such a great showcase of like everything he can do, and like it kind of condensed it all down into just a great little like funny, amusing little piece. It's hard to pick. I mean, th- that one stood out the most for me, just because it's like everything he can do. But yeah, the one I enjoyed watching the most was. The like gangway please or whatever the her the, her solo, her solo um, where they're just fucking tossing her around the stage and she's so good in it she's tapping she does she has that cool moment near the end of it where there's the two lines of guys and she kind of goes up and they like spin her and send her back and you don't realize at first that she's kind of like progressing forward each time and it, it's a really 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 cool effect. Um, she's fucking great in it. Um, of course, begin the beginning. There's a reason that that is, it's obvious watching it, like kind of like watching, uh, kiss me Kate and seeing the, the Bob Fosse moment (laughs) where you're just like, Oh, this is why people love this movie. (laughs) Like, Oh, this moment that people talk about is a thing. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like that's the obvious answer is begin the beginning because it's, you're watching something really, really, really special happening, but um, I also just really, really, really like watching her. She's a flippy girl. <laughs> <laughs> you love those flippy people. Yeah. I I will choose in this instance because everything changes every time I watch a movie. I'm going to choose their little lunch dance. Yeah, that one's good a, too. That was casual, really playful. Yeah, it's playful, and there's a casual there's a casual joy that's happening there. It, it feels a lot more relaxed between the two of them, and they do some just fun and clever stuff. And I just love the way though they're kind of trying out steps with each other, and the waiter's like. Oh, y'all need to just get with it and like yeah. puts on some music. And a wink. Yeah. He's like, there you go. And he's like, hey, thanks. Let's dance together. Pachow. This is the waiter being like, y'all just need to bone down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just commit to it, guys. Here's some music. That's clearly what's about to happen. Sex through tap dance. Yeah, pretty much. We we assume that dancing is always a metaphor it's for all sex, about right? Banging. Yeah. Are you going to tap that ass? Hey, comedy. Thank you. I'm here all the time. You <laughs> cannot escape me. All right. So, um, We've tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fast. I'll chase you down. 
I'm a little aggressive. I'll probably tackle you too. Um, so that was the Broadway Melody of 1940. Yeah. And, um, where where can we find? I mean, I know you have a copy, so I, I own it on DVD. It of course, exists I do. In the world. Um, I. This is one that you're going to have to hunt for. Yeah. Yeah. Check your libraries. They probably have something. Yeah. I don't. I doubt that it's streaming anywhere, but um, you. I mean, it might be on Amazon. I can tell Mike's got his phone out. It might be on Amazon Prime for rental. Yeah. Um, possibly, uh, maybe on iTunes for rental. I mean, you can definitely order the disc off of. Yeah, definitely worth a Amazon. watch. But like wherever you can find it. Yes, you should definitely do that. And hey, if you're listening to this, you should. Like, rate, subscribe, uh, rate, review, follow, subscribe. There you go. do the thing, tell people, talk back at us, feel free to comment. Um, like we do have a Twitter feed. I post stuff on there at least twice a week. <laughs> um, and we've got our Facebook page. So, um, and of course through, um, through iTunes or Blueberry, like if you like something, if you have a suggestion, if you have a musical, you hope that you will talk about, just let us know. We'll throw it on the list. Sure. Um, even, even if we've all seen it, we'll find a stunt virgin and, and yeah, get there's, that going. there's someone that hasn't, that, Tr- that yeah. we will sub- submit it's probably to. Jenny. It's probably Jenny. Jenny's our ringer. <laughs> Hi, I haven't seen anything ever. Is that West Side Story? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thanks for listening. I have been Wendy. Vinny. And Mike. And we will talk to you soon. You enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a real education. The musical.